Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Parts Unknown. My name is the Nature Boy, Ben Green. Next to me in the studio, Professor of Wrestling, the genius herself, it's Madame Carrie Dunn. Good afternoon. How are you, Carrie? Um, I'm very excited and very, very happy. You're hobbling. You look like you've just been in Hell, hell in a Cell. <laughs> no, just a, just a marathon. It's fine, uh, which I think is probably not so bad as jumping off the top of a steel cage onto an announce desk, which doesn't appear to be gimmicked, but, you know, I am suffering slightly. Okay, but you've lived to tell the tale. I have lived to tell the which tale. Which marathon was it? Chester. Nice. was nice, apart from, you know, the hills and the rain and the blisters and, yeah, the pain. Should we talk about Hell in a Cell the uh, the pay-per-view let's do that immediately yes please all right it was a three and a half hour pay-per-view with really one match that anyone cared about that's kevin owens versus shane omack what do you make of it uh the match itself not that impressive to be honest um i'm not a fan of shane mcmahon in general um i find myself increasingly coming around to kevin owens even though he's like a terrible evil person because what he says makes sense so much of the time he's right about shane shane is a isn't is an awful person he's an awful boss he's just another mcmahon isn't he? he's part of the mcmahon uh dynasty and they don't care about anyone on on, on their roster who's working for them so yeah the uh denouement of the of the match is obviously uh what really uh dragged me in and We'll make that a pay-per-view for me to remember, I guess. Well, you came into this studio here <laughs> wearing uh, a Sami Zayn hoodie. You've taken it off, partly because it's really it's hot really in here. really hot in here. Are you disgusted with Sami? No, I love Sami Zayn. He's right. I thought that the way that they did um, the save, the Kevin Owens save, I thought that was beautiful. Although if you look at some of the clips, you can actually see Sammy waiting in position to save him for a good about minute or so before Shane made that jump because obviously everyone's looking at the man on top of the 20-foot steel cage. They don't notice the little guy in his hoodie hiding by the announcer. True, I think a higher-profile wrestler probably wouldn't have gone quite so incognito. I don't know. If you've got a black hoodie on and you're kind of, if you're going down with the rest of the camera crew, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly incognito way to, to be hiding out there. But I thought it was beautifully done. If you watch it in slow motion as well, the way he reaches out his hand, he reaches out his hand to his friend and he pulls him out of the way and oh, and the big eyes of so much thought going on and wasn't quite sure what he'd done. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought the timing <laughs> was really good. Um, it, it looked spectacular. It was a really good, really good finish to the match. And in terms of storyline, which is what you're all about as a doctor of wrestling, it told a good story and it's intriguing to know as to where it will go next with either with uh, KO and Sammy maybe teaming up, maybe forming an alliance or maybe... Maybe Sammy did it for the better of, of Kevin Owens, maybe to save him and maybe just to save him from himself as well, from, you know, dishing out uh, more punishment to McMahon in the, in the next episode. Hmm, next encounter, I should say. I mean, if you, if you listen to the uh, encounter that uh, Sammy had with uh, Shane O'Mac backstage when he was trying to say, you know, 
might not be such a great idea. Kevin Owens is a really dangerous guy. You don't know what he's like, but I do. I thought that was beautifully done. It's kind of adding some of that kind of background context because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are kind of inextricably linked, whether they're friends or enemies. They're going to have this forever, this kind of back and forth. And yeah, I did watch SmackDown last night, so I know a little bit about what I think they're trying to do with it. But even a Sami Zayn who looks to be heading to, I don't I hate the word, but tweener kind of role, He's right. He's a nice guy. Even 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 an evil Sami Zayn is still kind of nicer than anybody else on the roster. So good stuff. What I'm really hoping they don't do is the is the same thing that they've just done with uh, Ko and, and Jericho. You know, friends for a long time, teasing the turn, teasing the turn, and then it doesn't come, and then eventually it does, and they have the blow off. I'd just be much happier if they either stay friends or keep as uh, mortal enemies, but. Anyway, that that's for the future. Let's let's back up somewhat and talk about the match itself. Um, spectacular finish, yes. Plodding beyond that, I it was like um, it was about forty five minutes um, of match. God, that's um, long, isn't it? It was really about twenty minutes of action. You know the Hell in a Cell matches. It's false count anywhere. I mean, that's ridiculous. Just ridiculous stipulations. Uh, yeah, it, it was too long, and obviously, I don't know. I feel. You know, I don't necessarily want to see Jinder Mahal in the main event, but it seems a bit weird having your championship match that low down on the card because you're making your main event your Hell in a Cell gimmick match to put the boss's son over. So I don't know. Speaking of uh, putting the boss's son over, earlier I caught up with Mr. John Ashdown, who should be here, but he's a busy man building a coffee table today for his coffee table ladders and chairs match coming up <laughs> later this evening. Um, and I got his thoughts on Hell in a Cell and more. I thought it was overly overly long, I, and I just don't, I just don't like Shane pretending to be an MMA fighter, trading fists with the main roster guys. I don't, all it does is get him over. I don't think it helps get anybody else over. Really, it's I think it's quite self serving. Um, and there was a couple of nice sort of moments. Great camera shot when they first got up to the top of the cage, and uh, you sort of saw the words "Hell in a Cell" behind. Kevin Owens, and I thought that had a certain epic feel to it. But then I thought, well, why wouldn't it be so much better if it was, you know, an AJ Styles up there and, you know, even bloody Jinder Mahal or just somebody to kind of help elevate them to a kind of epic status. But no, it's um, it's uh, Shane O'Mac. So, John, Shane's now um, 0 for 2 jumping from the top of the cage. Uh, it's not great, is it? Well, that's the thing as well. Like, it's, we've seen this quite recently. I mean, it was great to see it um WrestleMania against The Undertaker. That's not all that long ago that we saw it. And it just felt like a bit of a, a rehash uh, of that. And we saw him go coast to coast, which we've obviously seen um, plenty of times before. And like, yeah, Shane, we get it. You're a, you're a, you're a great athlete. You're terrific. Well, well done you. Please go away. Now, jumping from the top of the cage, this is kind of what WWE might say is a WrestleMania-worthy moment, and they've been very keen on doing this recently. We talked about uh, at No Mercy, they were branding things as uh, as WrestleMania-worthy main events. Uh, why WWE doing this now? It's a good question. Is there a hint of desperation, do we think? I mean, if you look through the rest of the card, it was it felt incredibly thin, I thought. you know, the, the, And the way that they've kind of just interchanged people and moved people in and out, of the um, sort of main event picture uh, without any sort of seeming sort of long-term thought just leaves them with, with fairly few options, really. I suppose the one interesting thing to come out of the main event was the um, heel turn for, for Sami Zayn uh, at the end there, pulling uh, KO out of the way. Um, 
but yeah, they're kind of they're, they feel like in a bit of a cul-de-sac at the moment. Well, John, those are your thoughts on Helen Cell and deeply moving uh, and insightful they were too. Thank you very much. Um, some news that uh, our listeners uh, have probably seen and you have definitely seen is that uh, WWE are reviving War Games. It's coming to an NXT pay-per-view to you very soon. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Uh, although it comes with the caveat of uh, War Games matches can, can be very good or very, very bad. Um, there have been a few crackers over the years, uh, particularly involving the, the horsemen. But there were some absolute stinkers as well, uh, particularly involving uh, the NWO. So it remains, it remains to be seen. It's, it's, a, it's a fun concept. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of excited, yeah, that they've, uh, they're bringing it back. And if I wanted to have a big night in on the WWE Network to watch some of these uh, great old school war games, the good ones and the bad ones, what should I look for? <laughs> um, if you want... A couple of good ones. You probably need to look at the two WrestleWar uh, matches from the early 90s. Uh, WrestleWar 91, which involved the, the Four Horsemen, which at the time had uh, Sid Vicious in them, um, against uh, a Sting team, which might have been called uh, Sting Squadron or something along those lines, which had Sting, Brian Pillman and the Steiner Brothers. That's a famous one in which um, Sid Vicious nearly breaks Brian Pillman's neck with some horrendous power bombs. And there's an <laughs> El Gigante run-in as well, which is always uh, good to see. And then the year, a year afterwards, there was a sting, sting against the Dangerous Alliance, uh, which had a cracking team of uh, Arn Anderson, Bob Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Rick Rude, and Steve Austin, uh, pre-Stone Cold. That was a, that was a cracker. WrestleMania 92 was that one. That was Ricky Steamboat in as well on the, on the face side. And uh, Dustin Rhodes, pre-Gold Dust. Stinker-wise, the, the one that sticks out in my mind is another, actually, it's another, a later edition sort of Four Horsemen one, um, when they took it, basically the NWOB team led by Kevin Nash, also featuring uh, Six and Buff Bagwell and um, Conan, I think. They took on the Horsemen in a, dre- a dreadful, dreadful match. Yeah, so avoid, avoid that one or watch it for kind of the, um, just the awfulness, or, but look, at, look for the early 90s and late 80s ones, the good ones. Let's talk about the opening match of this pay-per-view, mm. which was... Uh, so the, the, the pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, was oddly bookended by two Hell in a Cell matches. Not Hell in the Cell, as Shane called it. And which they unfortunately had to run in all the promos. And uh, oddly, they didn't redub because they do rewrite their own history a lot. Anyway, he you sent it you to Hell know, in the Cell. Really? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, the, and there were two very different matches... Um, most of the Kevin Owens match was was spent on top of the cell and then jumping off it. Uh, no jumping at all in uh, in the Usos versus New Day match that kicked it off. Um, I thought this was pretty entertaining. Not the best match that they've had so far um, in their well, I think feud of the feud of the year mm. kind of series of matches. Um, but there was uh, no the story that they told here was this absolutely incredible level of aggression that the Usos brought out with their new red trousers and their superb swagger. And I, I think Sami Zayn can take a lot from the Usos in, in how they've transitioned from colourful, dancey baby faces to swagger, swagger, grow a beard a bit, <laughs> just look a bit mean. He needs some tattoos. But nevertheless, um, a lot of kendo sticks in this, which I'm mm. not a big fan of, but it was pretty nasty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I think probably as nasty as you can get in the PG era. Um, no, I thought it was a great match. I thought it was really entertaining. I think you're right about the Usos. I think they've been actually 
amazing uh, for the past probably two or three months. I mean, they've always been kind of a steady hand. They've been all right. But this feud with a new day, I think, uh, has been has been really in- interesting to watch. And I'll be interested to see what they do next because uh, obviously they've been taking the top of the uh, tag team tag team card. Who are they going to bring There's through not next? There's much else to... Well, this is it. What's going to happen? Against. You can't just keep having... Well, you probably could keep having the New Day against the Usos. So is it going to be Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin that step up? So that's a bit strange still, because we don't really know what's happening with their dynamic. When are the Revival coming back? Breezango and the Fashion Files. What's some of that? I don't know. It's interesting to see what happens. You're forgetting the Ascension, of course. Uh, I often forget the Ascension, I'm sorry. I'd like to see them up against uh, The Bar, a.k.a. Seamus and Cesaro. I think that would be a really good match. We we talked last time about how how well Seamus and Cesaro function as a tag team. I think I said, you know, 40, 50 tags they did in that match um, against The Shield, two-thirds of The Shield. On to them shortly, Carrie, calm down. Um, But yeah, I mean, they are sort of tag team specialists. Hmm. But obviously the bar on Raw, and we've still got the, the whole brand split. So, you know, if they, perhaps if they do a, a redraft, we might get that. So my notes for this just say vicious. Vicious was... everywhere. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Jimmy, or was it Jay, locked in the corner with the kendo sticks. I thought that was quite a creative use of things. And it's always nice to see something new. You know, I, I went back and rewatched um, the first Hell in the Cell, the Bad Blood match with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. It was 20 years ago. It's incredible, but it still holds up. It's an absolutely phenomenal match. And there haven't been many good Hell in a Cell matches since then. But it's always difficult to innovate. And that was, you know, innovation might involve jumping off or jumping backwards or doing something off a cell. That's all kind of been done. But tying someone up with a stick mm. and then battering them, bit of handcuffs, that was good. And some trombones, actually. Now, I, I don't like the trombones. I, don't, I really don't like the New Day, but they're not for me. But I did like to see them sort of step up their aggression as well. This was good. Yeah, I mean, having watched Big E uh, as he came through NXT and everything, you, as a singles wrestler, I've kind of felt perhaps not disappointed exactly with the New Day, but knowing that there's kind of more to Big E than just kind of the kind of comedy thing or when he was with Dolph and AJ Lee and he was being kind of the you know, strong, silent bodyguard. Yeah, there's more to him that he can do the aggression bit as well, and I think that's good. And obviously, you know, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston, they've all always been kind of sidelined as the kind of funny ones, and they can do that well. But I think, yeah, this Usos feud has brought some of that aggression out. It's been good. I think that a few years ago, and I've read this somewhere that Vince, head office, whatever, they'd identified Big E and Roman Reigns as the two people that they wanted to be the future of the company, and it was between mm-hmm. the two of them. And obviously, it's turned out to be Roman Reigns. That doesn't mean that Big E can't be the big thing in the future. He's definitely got a singles career ahead of him. Um, I'd just like to see him wear less offensive pants. <laughs> and stop the gyrations. I know that's a, that's a shtick, it's a gimmick that they do. It's not for me, but oh, it does annoy me. <laughs> I, I've just I'd forgotten this, but I remember during NXT and he was wearing one of his odd singlets, which was similar to what he wears now. It's as an odd day. cut. I did tweet him about it and suggested that Maybe something slightly more covering might be better to wear. Yeah, a great a great finish to this match. Um, double splashes, chairs, that's it. But it wasn't very selly, this match, was it? Did it have to be Hell in the Cell? Story-wise, they're locked in. It's the Uso penitentiary. It's the end of the feud, we hope, we think. Did it have to be in the cell, though, actually, as a match? 
I think so. I mean, you said about if it wasn't the, the October. If it wasn't, if it wasn't the uh, October paper, no, well, yeah, if it wasn't, be in a cell. wasn't in October, it wouldn't be in the cell. But I think I think you're right to say it bookended the pay per view quite well. I think that having that kind of visual, and I think because it was locked in rather than the kind of spectacular feats of jumping off the cell, yeah, I think it was quite a nice way to hopefully finish this particular feud. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back talking about the rest of a fairly underwhelming card. But that's not a reason to turn off listeners. Come back. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Carrie, um, what was the point? I really don't know. I feel very, very bad for poor Rusev. Yeah, I mean... Orton is he's a vet now. His job is kind of to put people over, although he does seem equally full of himself as he always has done. And that, well, here we go for podcasting. <laughs> the thing he does in the corner, uh, where he shows off his, his his wonderful physique. Let's let's not let's not beat around the bush there. That's not really uh, a selfless act. But yeah, I mean, he's he's messed around with Bray and Jinder, but that was for the title. He's held the title. He always holds the title at some point. I think he's, what, 13, 14 title run, something mm-hmm. stupid like that. And they said he's had the fifth most pay-per-view matches um, of any superstar ever. And that's not just a symptom of having a pay-per-view every two weeks. Um, he's been around a long time and done a lot of stuff. But this doesn't help anyone, this feud with Russo, particularly if Randy is winning with his RKO out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what the long-term plan with Rusev is now. I mean, uh, he came in as this kind of unbeatable brute. I was thinking the other day about when he was in NXT and was kind of stamping bits of wood with his opponent's name written on. That was good. I enjoyed that. He used to have a first name and everything. It was amazing. And then, obviously, he seems to have annoyed someone backstage for having married Lana, which is obviously some kind of terrible, terrible act to be in love with your wife. And yeah, I don't know what they've been doing with him. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a good wrestler. He's got charisma. He's a funny guy. He's good on Twitter. I don't understand. I don't understand how they're dropping the ball so much on him. I mean, I could understand the accolade out of nowhere, which they, they kind of teased. And there was no point sort of teasing that, only for Randy to do what he always does. 
Rusev needs a win. He needs to be back at the top of the card and being excellent. It's a shame that his best moments, it's about two years ago now when he was feuding with Cena. You know, not this flag match that we had a few months ago, but the actual mm. coming to coming down to the ring in a tank for the US amazing. title. That was incredible. Um, coming second in the Royal Rumble. Just being this unbeatable brute again, but not doing this comedy shit. Which admittedly he does okay, but it's... There are other people that can do that. He is more useful being a badass. Yeah, and you can kind of further that by having him beat Orton if that's what you wanted to do. But obviously that isn't what they want to do. So what is it? What is the plan? I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe he'll go up against Baron Corbin next. Baron is now the US champion. Uh, Nice of AJ Styles to do the honours for him. And I think that actually gets AJ away from the belt, which he's defended and sort of uh, um, raised up very well with his title run and AJ is just spectacular mm-hmm. you know and and this means that he can go into the title picture as well uh, because he's he's better than he's better than the uh, US title Baron Corbin however is not better than the US title <laughs> uh, and Ty Dillinger I've just I, I I don't know what his his background is apart from being on you know he, he's a good worker from uh, from NXT and probably the Indies before that, but what a terrible gimmick! And what is that? What is that top all about with the collar? Oh, his Ming the Merciless. His Ming the Merciless collar, uh, and his his dreadful hairstyle. No, his bad you backstage can, no. comedy thing with Daniel Bryan. No, you his couldn't awful be more white, wrong, Ben. You his awful white pants. Wrong. His awful white no. boots. No. Why am I wrong? Because Ty Dillinger is an exquisite human being, and he is one of my favourites. <laughs> And I know that I like a lot of wrestlers, and I do particularly like Canadian wrestlers. But no, I love Dillinger. I think he's fun. I thought that little skit with Brian was funny. I laughed. I got a gif of it. It was great. All right. So tell me about some of his moves then. Do, do, are they all puns on 10? Pretty much, yeah. Perfect 10, the 10 per- count. Yeah. Tender, yeah. loving care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yesterday was like the 10th of October, so it's 10-10. It was Ty Dillinger Day, and it was fun, and it was yeah, you're looking I'm, at me blankly. No, okay. So, what's the highest? Uh, how far can can he go? Uh, Dillinger, you know a lot more about him than I do. I would like to see him in the kind of secondary title picture. He, he says, he's a solid worker, and once he's given stuff to again, if he's given stuff to do, he can do it well. I mean, again, in NXT, he's a very good babyface. He's good, kind of chasing that title, kind of being the underdog coming through, much like Sami Zayn did. But um, yeah, I, I. I'm a little bit worried he might get lost in the shuffle, but then I thought the fact that that was made a triple threat match and Helena Cell was uh, was slightly heartening. So maybe we'll see what happens. All right, a couple of notes on this. Uh, as we as I mentioned, Baron Corbin. What? Oh, his trousers. And I don't know if he's got new music because I've generally not <laughs> fast forward. Yeah, he has got new music. music, hasn't he? It's not very good. He looks like he could be part of the Wyatt family. He does. Which is a hiding to nothing. Um, <laughs> suppose let, let me just talk about AJ Styles for a little bit uh, again talking smack he was I mean he was bruised and um, you know loads of welts all over him he, this was quite a hard match mm. for him and he he does do um, a fairly strong style in the ring this is to talk about AJ but he's just so smooth everything he does is incredible the, the phenomenal forearm is probably my favorite move in wrestling at the moment um, even when he's shaking the ropes to show I'm about to do it I'm about to, he's so excited to do it 
gets uh, exposes the elbow because that makes so much of a difference. Um, it's just so cool. And his 450 splash is a thing of absolute beauty. I would have loved to have seen him um, against uh, uh, second phase Shawn Michaels in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that would have been good. What about the ladies' match, the women's title match? Yeah. You're an advocate of uh, women in sport. Well, of course I am. Of course I am. And I believe that women doing stuff is a good thing in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about it, to be honest. I I feel a little bit like both women's divisions on both sides of the brand are in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment. I don't know whether it's because they're waiting for Asuka to come up to Raw and then people are going to start moving about again. But... I don't, know. I don't. I don't think Charlotte is a natural baby face. Well, I was going to say, I think that they're kind of in stasis because Charlotte is the best heel that they've got in the company. So right? what or, are they doing? Or she works as the best heel. Yes. Um, and she clearly enjoys it a lot more. Yeah, she's she's a dreadful baby face. She is. Um, Natalia shouldn't be allowed to talk. God love her. And then you've got Becky doing nothing. And I would say that Becky would be your most natural baby face in the women's division i don't know i found it i found an odd match i guess just because i find the alignments quite weird to watch and i was quite worried that charlotte had genuinely hurt herself so was i um she did look very upset well that was uh that was charlotte versus natalia and it wasn't a very good match what about the title match jinder versus nakamura now we've, we've talked about outfits here uh nakamura's trousers <laughs> no i didn't like them at all did you not? That's just so Nakamura. They were very Nakamura, but they were very to the left or to the right. Depending. <laughs> they, <laughs> there was far too much information in those trousers. Oh, so Nakamura, though. Uh, they, I think Nakamura does not obey usual rules, whether that comes uh, in terms of fashion or, or wrestling or you know normal social behaviour. No. Well, in contrast to him, Jinder Mahal was especially oily in this match, um, which... <laughs> I just, yeah, Jinder Mahal, when we talked about him last time, I don't, yeah, I don't enjoy watching him and I don't understand why Nakamura has been essentially fed to him. Yeah. And where's the strong style? There's no strong style with Nakamura at the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought when he, when he came up and he was, you know, he was a big deal. And then I thought the past few weeks and... You know, Jinder Mahal saying all these terrible, awful, racist things. And I thought, something's going to happen. It's going to get his comeuppance. It's going to be great. And, yeah, no, apparently not. No, nothing. Uh, so the word is that the, there's an, a tour to India coming up at the moment. So that's why Jinder has kept the title. But it's just bonkers. It's nearly 200 days, which equates, if my math is correct, to more than half a year. Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, but then if you want to keep the title on him, then don't feed your big Japanese superstar to him no. you know get him defending against I don't know somebody else who doesn't who, who who doesn't need to be made a big deal that's where you can put Orton in for goodness sake it doesn't matter to Orton whether he loses or not to your champion he's already done that but, too right yeah. too right and the crowd are absolutely dead oh. in this match and I can't remember um, a championship match a WWE title match going on three matches from the end um, I mean even SummerSlam and I'm just googling that right now Click, click, click. Uh, you know, obviously Bulldog and, and Bret Hart mm. went on last there for uh, geographic reasons. Oh, but actually, having said that, Carrie, uh, Ultimate Warrior defeated Randy Savage in that match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match. Um, 
that match was also three from the end. Um, Undertaker defeated Kamala and Tatonka defeated the Berserker <laughs> in between that. So those matches were three minutes, 27 seconds, five minutes, 46 seconds, whereas Warrior was 28 minutes and Bulldog Bret Hart, 25. 28 minutes? 28 minutes. I think there was a lot of Ric Flair shenanigans in that match. Yeah. I'm just, I just feel a bit sad about it, to be honest. I'm just sad that it was on a pay-per-view. I'm sad that I watched it. I'm sad that we're talking about it. Well, let's not talk about it anymore. There is just one more match to discuss. That's uh, heel Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Roode. We can probably do this in less than the three minutes, 27 seconds. It took The Undertaker to defeat Kamala by disqualification. Yeah. Any, anything to say about this? Not at all. No? Dolph Ziggler's big plat. Um, yeah. Have you got a plat at the moment? I have got a plat. Yeah. His hair is longer than mine and also much blonder, with some a little bit jealous of that. Um, he took his hair out of the plat on SmackDown last night. I did see that. I saw some of the screen grabs. He had his hair straightened. It was very exciting. Bobby Roode forgot his words, but I don't remember what happened in Hell in the Cell. I just, I, again, I don't understand what the... Why have you got Bobby Roode as your baby face? I don't understand. The man is just just naturally hateable. He's a, I'm sure he's a lovely guy in real life, but I, I need to boo him. This is not, This is not what's working for me. Well, speaking of booing, how about we just go back briefly, because I found the page of my notes here, um, to the main event, to Kevin Owens versus Shane O'Mac. Um, I do like, I mean, I really like how Kevin Owens is always talking mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, <laughs> and I really like it how he taunts Shane's kids in this and how they laughed, <laughs> which didn't really play up the, the hostility. That was very funny. Um, his cannonball into the table was really good, and I would have loved that to have landed on Shane mm. just to see what colour Shane would have gone afterwards. From <laughs> a peculiar orange, purple colour, yeah. <laughs> orange purple to whatever. But also KO looking slightly constipated as he agonised as to whether to uh, dive or not from the top of the cage. I loved that. I thought it was so funny when Pitt. The, so the, humanising. Yeah, well, the crowd were urging him on. He was just like, well, no, you do it if you want someone to jump off 20 foot eye cage. I'm not going to do it. I thought. That's that's one of the great things about Kevin Owens, and you can understand his motivations, even when he's being a terrible, terrible person and essentially very hateful, cowardly in whatever way he's doing it. You can understand where he's coming from. Why would you jump off a 20-foot high cage? That's crazy. I don't know, but my favourite moment of the entire pay-per-view was uh, the very small chant that you may not have been able to hear, but when KO had a uh, splayed uh, Shane O'Mac and ran his nuts into the cage door. And there are about three or four people in the crowd chanting, no more kids, no more kids, no more kids, which I found very funny, but clearly you don't. Not so much. (laughs) All right, let's take another quick break and we'll come back and talk about the only reason why you're here. It's The Shield. They're back. Hello, Leywan. Leywan Hawizi. You're the guy who took the Hello Producer Ben sign to WrestleMania a few years ago. I love you. And uh, you're also the person who has said, how come Carrie's on the show and I'm not? What do I have to do to get an invite to the pod? I made you a sign at WrestleMania and I met the Shockmaster this year. Actual helmet. Um, And it is an actual uh, picture of the Shockmaster with an actual helmet. Thank you very much, Leywan. Carrie, should, uh, should I let him on the show? I think you should think about it bit like uh, Jerry the King Lawler. To CM Punk. <sighs> nice reference. Carrie, let's talk about The Shield. Yes, let's talk about The Shield. Are they back together? Yes, forever. Brothers, hands of justice. Yay. Who's the big dog? Well, Roman is the big dog. Seth is the architect. Dean is the lunatic. 
They're back together. I actually cried. I cried for the first half hour of Raw. I was actually crying. Was this post-marathon and generally quite exhausted? Yeah, I was. Admittedly, I was quite exhausted and emotional anyway, but I think I probably would have cried anyway. I was just, it was just, I knew it was going to happen. So I was kind of quite keyed up. And then I was on Twitter because, you know, what else would you do at one o'clock on a Monday morning or Monday night? Um, And you saw that the WWE shop had got the new Shield shirts up. It's like, ah! It's definitely happening tonight because they've got the merch up and they wouldn't have it up. They weren't going to get back together tonight. And then it happened and I was kind of, yeah, cry laughing and vaguely hysterical and, yeah, too keyed up. So happy. So happy. Are they going to wear their old outfits again? Yes. Is Dean going to have a wash and put on his black outfit? And is is uh, is the architect going to wear his... Kind of like his Bill Oddie flak jacket yeah. with lots of pockets. Yeah, and probably he'll get his blonde streak put back oh, in as well. I hate that blonde streak. I really did. I don't think again. I don't think that was for you necessarily. No. And they're going to come out through the crowd, and it's going to have the Sierra Hotel India thing, and it's going to be so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they going to fight though? Well, or are they just going to you know wreak justice? Do you wreak justice? I don't think you do. No, do you? you would wreak vengeance. Yeah, you would distribute justice. Yeah. I guess that's right. Um, Thank God there's a proper journalist in here. <laughs> the verbs for justice. Um, well, obviously, they've got this match coming up with Miz and Braun and, and the bar. That'd be interesting because, obviously, a three-on-one against Braun on, on Monday and it was, you know, the numbers game in play. If Braun's got the Miz and the bar on this side as well, that makes it a little bit more difficult. So a proper unit of the of the Hounds of Justice against the four that have been thrown together, that'd be interesting. But yeah, I like the idea that they're just kind of this maverick, renegade faction. Um, I liked it when they were first together and there were kind of this idea that they might be hired muscle for a cause that they felt appropriately about, but they couldn't just be bought. They weren't just mercenaries. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I hope this uh, this hangs about for, for a little while rather than just kind of getting blown off for the sake of the next pay-per-view. In fact, you've just given me a, a flashback of their actual original, original outfits, which were polo necks. Yeah. That's a great look on Roman Reigns. <laughs> but I don't know. I think the fact that they're always together, the fact that they have something that matches, I don't think it really matters. It could be anything. They could wear their New Day singlets if they wanted to and they would still look awesome. So has uh, has everyone forgiven them, forgotten them, hugged and kissed and made up there? No, I think there is Whose still... Whose side is he on? Is there going to be some of that going on? I think there's still a little bit of, of tension there, but... I think it's been quite interesting this week with Raw and SmackDown and Helena Cell. This idea that you know close friends are brothers. So you've got that with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That whatever they do, even whether they're friends or enemies, brothers is different. And I think you have that with the Shield as well. So obviously Seth did a terrible thing, but there's still brothers underneath it all, and they can come together for the for the common cause. So I'm not sure the WWE writers have thought about this in in such detail as i have perhaps they don't obsess to the same degree as i do but well, well let's let's fancy book here um main event for wrestlemania has to be brock versus roman because they haven't done that before yet much um and that's what that's vince mcmahon's wet dream but what about this oh sorry that's a horrible <laughs> horrible <laughs> image that's even worse than the roman reigns in his polo neck what uh what about the, the uh, shield Fatal three-way, what do they call them? Triangle match. <laughs> Triple threat. Triple threat, thank you. <laughs> Triangle match. I had, a, <laughs> I had a Dolph Ziggler moment there, a blonde moment. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, the, the, the Shield triple threat at WrestleMania was always kind of what I thought they would do kind of two years ago, two and a half years ago. And then they didn't. Well, that, that was uh, Rollins' knee, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Poor, or, is poor it, or is this just short-term booking until Survivor Series? I don't think it is. I mean, I don't think that they would uh, put the Shield back together if it was only going to be a kind of a one-time only thing because they've done it like on shows before. They've just kind of, yeah, had kind of a little moment of them together and, and that's just been it or they've been on the same side or something just briefly or had a kind of backstage thing together. But this is slightly different. It feels different. And there's merch now, so it's got to be a long-term thing. And does this mean that Roman can be a tag team champion as well? Yeah, I don't see why not. And I also thought it was fascinating to see that the crowd response just to Roman just changes automatically when he's there with his mates and actually doing something that he seems comfortable with. All he's got to do is say his two lines and then walk off. And he gets cheered for it. That's what we liked about him in the first place. What were his two lines? Oh, he didn't even say believe that. Didn't even say believe that. It's disappointing, isn't it? It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Well, you're clearly very excited. Very you're clearly excited. delirious. You're clearly suffering the effects of running 26 miles <laughs> in, in a wet, wet gesture. Yeah. But again, I think I would have been that excited anyway. I've been waiting, you know, three years for this. I still have my little shield action figures on my shelf at home. I've been waiting for this. I'm so happy. Carrie, how's your book? book is going well. I am off to Spain next month to White Wolf Wrestling um, to talk to the guys there. And uh, that's all booked for the first week in November. And apparently they have a big announcement coming up in January, which involves some ex-WWE stars. Fabulous. So, so, have, you, have you got a title yet? I haven't got a title yet. If anyone's got a good idea for titles, feel free to tweet me at Kerry Sparkle and I shall uh, uh, put them all to consideration because I'm terrible at thinking of titles. And why don't you plug the first book once again? A uh, first book called Spandex, Screwjobs and Cheap Pops, Inside the Business of British Professional Wrestling. Out with Pitch Publishing. Uh, it's about or four years old now but uh, plenty of stuff there from people like Zat Sabre Jr uh, Fergal DeVitt now known as Finn Balor of course and uh, lots of people on the UK indie scene now like Marty Skrull anyway ladies and gentlemen I've been Ben Green she's been Carrie Dunn Carrie your uh, Twitter address once more at Carrie Sparkle I'm at Green Ben Green this has been Parts Unknown see you next time over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.